Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your chief lounge lizard, and your host for this episode of the show. Today we're going to be talking about a very serious topic, games and guns and guns in general. So, unfortunately, I didn't have a funny little joke to start the show because this, this is kind of a very serious issue for everybody involved. Uh, and joining me in the lounge today is uh, Nate Woolley. Uh, Nate, uh, welcome to the lounge today. Yeah, hey, John. How are you? Doc. Oh, very well, very well. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There's our little joke to start I the got, show. I got it. <laughs> No, well, yes, Nate. You're also the uh, you're also the um, least gun centric person probably <laughs> at at uh, the entire place, no, except I'm for not. one. <laughs> also joining us today is uh, Shella, all the way from England, uh, uh, an island where I hear you don't have any guns. <laughs> yeah, well, they're awesome, but they're... that's not true. <laughs> they only use them to kill foxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even that's controversial. <laughs> It is, it is. I've seen videotape of that. That's horrific. Yeah. Yeah, it's that, kind of sucky. Like, get a whole gang of guys on horses to go, go shoot oh, some fox. They don't fox. shoot the, the fox. They have dogs. To rip uh, it to pieces. Oh, the dogs rip it to pieces. Yes, we're civilized. <laughs> yes, of course. We don't kill things ourselves. <laughs> we farm it out. <laughs> that is very good. All right, I well, like so, the Soviets anyway. and the Cubans way back when. <laughs> the, um... The uh, the topic obviously is uh, guns, guns and games, games and violence, that type of thing. Um, obviously, the the reason that we're doing this show, unfortunately, is because of uh, the killings that happened a, a few months ago back in uh, Connecticut. Uh, seems like every time that there's a uh, a killing, especially one that involves uh, younger people, uh, the, uh, the the game industry sort of comes up one way or the other, uh, rightly or wrongly, uh, we sort of become part of the conversation. I know uh, back the last time that we experienced this, Nate, and, and this was probably more more uh, directed at the game industry, was back in, when Columbine High School happened. Is, is, you, you remember those times, I'm sure yeah, you do, right? Yeah, of course, right? I had to cover the thing. Yeah, and I, I know that uh, that the game industry was really brought into that to that controversy because the the shooters apparently were gamers or something like that. I mean, they never really was proved. I think they found doom on their computer. No, no, they were hardcore like gamers. They're the idiots who sit at home and play games all day long. Not that we don't love you guys. <laughs> well, well, true, but I mean, at the time, even Doom was a pretty old game. So I would think if they were really hardcore gamers, they might have had a few more modern titles on their thing. I but anyway, really they, they, um, they certainly, it certainly did have an effect. If you remember the E3 that year, there was, a, there was everybody who, like who had a violent game didn't didn't really either they didn't show up or they didn't really push their their violent games and there were people walking around with clipboards like counting how many games were violent versus how many games weren't violent and things like that and it was kind of a scary time for the industry yeah yeah well i mean yeah. it should be look i'm i'm not gonna lie here i've said this before uh the culture of violence in video games and sort of young testosterone male fueled uh sort of je ne sais quoi is to me an embarrassment to the industry. Okay, well, good, good point. Um, but I hate in you this all. Partic- 
In this particular case, uh, what happened was uh, the NRA, which is the National Rifle Association here in this country, they um, after the incident up in um, Connecticut, they they came out and said, you know what, we're going to wait a week before. Usually they have, I don't know, they must have like a Rolodex full of statements, these stupid statements that they always pull up, the whole, you know, guns don't kill people, guns kill people, or or no, people kill people, something like that, that they always say. And they didn't do it this time. They they said, you know, we're going to wait and we're going to think for a while. And everybody kind of thought, well, almost everybody, I know, Nate, you didn't, (laughs) but I thought that they were going to. I thought they were going to come out with like a nice measured response. So they waited a week and then they pretty much said the same thing that they always do, except this time they really tried to throw the game industry under the bus. And we weren't even part of the conversation before that. And, and so that was, that was kind remember, of, remember, remember they also suggested that all these things could be prevented if teachers got to carry guns in schools. I'm not saying oh, their yeah. suggestions aren't, I'm not saying their suggestions aren't ridiculous. I'm just saying that, um, that that's how we sort of got into this conversation to begin with. Because um, this kid, he may have been a gamer. He may not have been a gamer. We don't know. We'll never um, know. He he, dis- dis- he destroyed his hard drive. Yeah, he completely destroyed his computer before um, he went on uh, went on his rampage. So we don't. We'll never really know. Um, so, but the, but they brought up a game called um, the NRA people did. They brought up a game called Kindergarten Killer which was a flash game from like a hundred years ago or something like that. And, and nobody played it and it wasn't actually published by anyone. It was just, you know, a couple guys made it and put it on a website or whatever. And they said that that was an example of, of, you know, what the game industry is today. Um, Shella wrote a really good column uh, the other week about amazing games that don't involve violence and certainly don't involve guns, which I think shows a better uh, example of what the industry's like. But at the same time, it would be disingenuous to say that, you know, games that have guns in it, like Call of Duty or something, aren't aren't popular. No, that would be uh, a lie. <laughs> so I don't know. So Shella, I mean, you wrote the column, so let me let me throw this over to you. I mean, is there any validity to the NRA's claims that um, that that guns are basically the the game industry is a is a stepping stone for mass murder, I guess. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Um, I mean, the people who made what was it, Kindergarten Massacre, Heart, kind, Kindergarten uh, Killer, uh, I think. Whatever. I've never seen the game myself. Yeah, I mean, I'd be more worried about the fact that they have. <laughs> they may or may not have guns in their garage than the fact that they made this game and um, I suppose put the two together and then it's a little bit more worrying. But um, no, well, I don't think anybody would be listening to the NRA on that, on that fact, because it's just ridiculous. Well, <laughs> like the, most the, things that fall from their lips. Well, the, the <laughs> simple fact is, um, you know, the, the, and the reason I wanted you on this podcast, Shella, is that you come from a different culture and you can view American culture from the outside, which is useful because we are an inherently violent culture. America has been for 200 odd years. Um, which is not to say that, that British culture has not been violent in the past, but you have a different tradition to it. But the, the fact is we need somebody outside of ourselves to look at it because the gun issue, although 40 years ago was a very sort of sidelight, 
has been worked up into a polarizing issue politically where any control of guns is considered fascist. There is no mm-hmm. easier way to get yourself related to Nazis than to bring up control of weapons. And it always comes back to, you know, the Nazis took away everybody's guns, right? And that's <laughs> if that's where the argument starts, how can any actual debate occur? Yeah, it's always interesting to hear Shella's um, view because, like, for me, like, I – you know, I consider myself – I'm sort of – I guess I would be, consider myself sort of in the middle of the whole thing. Like I, I own guns, and I don't have a problem owning guns. And when I bought my guns, I went through I went through an FBI background check and then a local police background check. And both of those organizations said that it was okay for me to own guns, and I've had my guns for over 10 years, and I've never, um, you know, shot anyone or even thought about it, really, uh, other than a few paper targets that died along the way. I think that's pretty good. So I, you know, I can see, I can see where people are, can be responsible with it. Um, but, you know, I say things that I think are not controversial, and Shella, like, falls off her chair. So, I mean, and Shella, so describe for us, I guess, what it's like in 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 England? I mean, you guys. I mean, I know some of your cops have guns, right? But but most of your police don't even have no. don't even have weapons. I mean, after nine um, eleven and the attack on the um, London Tube, you would see police with guns, and that was you know really really serious. And, and it probably creeped yeah. everybody out, didn't it? Yeah. It did. You know, you'd go down the pub and be like, oh, God, it's really weird. All the police have got guns and they've got, like, flat jackets and whatnot. And, yeah, it's wow. really scary. And um, when I used to go over to Northern Ireland, which, you know, when the troubles were still there, that was the only place in Britain that had armed police, um, you know, because they had so much violence there. And it was really scary. They had sort of automatic weapons. And you just don't see that. I mean, um, apart from a policeman with a gun in London train stations, have I seen a gun? Probably not. Not even a shotgun Mm. in a farm because you have to keep it locked away in a cupboard. Um, Mm. So you just don't see guns (laughs) as a rule. (laughs) I wouldn't. um, I suppose that you could go to a sort of you can get the sort of decommissioned ones in army surplus stores i don't know if you have those where it's old military like kit we we do but they rarely sell firearms yeah they don't sell far they mostly just sell like uniforms it's 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 okay because it's okay because i can go to the gun shop a quarter mile from here (laughs) or 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 in a pawn shop yeah well they have guns but of course they don't work so they're purely for well, like, just—I mean—that's just fascinating to me. Like, so, like, what happens? Like, the police that don't carry guns, like, let's say they're—they—they—they they, they see a criminal or whatever. What do they walk up to them and be like, "Excuse me, would would you like to go to jail today? Follow me." I mean, and the criminal just goes along with well, them, or I think what they happens? Have, you know, different levels of police, but the, <laughs> what we call the Bobby on the beat, which is the policeman who's just walking down street you know looking after local streets i suppose they call people in. i don't know i don't i don't know what they do because <laughs> just wondering if the criminal says you know what no i don't want to go to jail today then then there's no gun involved and i don't know what do they get into a fist fight or something <laughs> i, I like would west side story yes 
<laughs> I, I would guess the the Bobby and and honestly, I have no, I have had nothing but positive experiences with uh, Bobby on the street, as you say, um, <laughs> in England. Would quite casually take somebody who was refusing to be put under arrest and put them on the ground and handcuff them, just like our guys do. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, the vast majority of arrests that happen, even here in the United States, where every cop is carrying a pistol, a handgun, and there's a mm. shotgun or two in their, in their patrol car, performs most of their re- arrests without ever drawing their weapon. Yeah. Sure. Because sure. they don't need to if they're properly trained. Yes, you run right. into those weirdos with guns, and then you're going to want to have one. But at the same time, it's much less likely for a Bobby to run into a... a kid who's just knocked over a liquor store in London who happens to have a gun. Yeah, unless you're going into areas where there are gangs. Mm-hmm. And those which... will those will have been imported from the United States um, <laughs> illegally. Yeah. But this thing. Okay, the... well, it, it, it's interesting that Shella feels disturbed even seeing, you know, police carrying guns and stuff. Because for us, like like you say, Nate, I mean, if we saw a cop not carrying a gun, we would think it was kind of weird. It was a <laughs> I mean, if, if somebody yeah. does get shot by police, that is major, major headline news. And, yeah. you know, the police officer gets taken, you know, there's a full inquiry, like, why did that person die? You know, it's serious if a police... We have inquiries when, when, um, kill yeah. when there's a policeman-related shooting, killing or shooting, there's an inquiry here, too. Yeah, but it's, okay. frequently, it's frequently treated as a so-and-so is on two weeks administrative leave while an inquiry is, is conducted. And sure, if you find out he just walked up to the guy, knocked him to the ground, and shot him in the back of the head because, you know, he's going out with his wife or something, mm-hmm. that's that becomes a fuss, but... Very often, all you hear about it in the news stories is an inquiry is being conducted. Mm. And that, I don't, I'm not yeah. saying pro forma. I'm saying they're done, but I don't think they're a huge media deal. Yeah, no, it's massive news here if that happens. Even if the person was running away from something, had done something or had been involved in a gang or something, it would still be that would be considered I mean, serious. I, yeah, I, I remember, just to draw and and an odd parallel, reading a story, God, must be mid-2000s, so seven, eight years ago, about a policeman in England who had been killed in a line of duty. He'd been shot and killed. And part of the story was like he was the first policeman shot and killed in England since, I don't know, four or five years. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. And, yeah. you know, it was a big deal. And here we'd be like, well, sucks for him. I hope they take care of the widow. Well, because it happens, it happens, it yeah. happens a lot. I mean, you yeah. Know. But don't um, think, I, don't, but I don't think the citizens in the UK would tolerate the level of violence we have. Chicago is on pace for 800 murders this year, mm-hmm. gun-related murders, just in the city of Chicago. I don't know the numbers for the UK, but I'd be surprised if you have 800 gun-related murders mm-hmm. in the UK. Well, around around Gin headquarters, DC, DC. Washington D.C. used to be the murder capital of the freaking world. They've gotten a lot yeah, better, but also had a crackhead as mayor for. <laughs> true, true enough. Well, anyway, bringing it back mm-hmm. to the game industry. So, so Shella, one more thing I wanted to get. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll talk about you know your feelings about guns and games and stuff, but but I wanted to get from you about. So it's interesting because you are 
you know, uh, disturbed by seeing police officers with guns and stuff. But I mean, how do you feel when you when you when you when you see? I mean, I was shocked. I almost fell off my chair when you you were saying how great Bulletstorm was. You know, I mean, what about games that have guns in them? Do they does that does that shock you, or do you or do you from do you see that as completely a separate thing where it's just you know it's just a game, or or how do you see that in your head? Um, how do I see it in my head? Um, well, I suppose it depends. Something like Bulletstorm was just ridiculous, wasn't it? I mean, it was comedy. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was just, guns yeah. with comedy, um, uh, which is kind of a paradox in itself um uh so yeah it's like it's real fantasy violence um whereas i don't tend to go for the call of duties and things like that where it's you know this real sort of war simulation um thing i don't go in for that so much um but then there's loads of british people who do so that's you know that the cultural gun culture gulf kind of stops at, at games, I guess. Um, well, no, but that's an interesting point because it's like you, you, you as a culture, you know, in, in England, you don't like real guns, but it seems like you guys separate that completely from, from games that have guns in them. Like, I, I, I don't know, maybe you're able to realize that the gun in the game can't really hurt anyone. I don't know. I mean, that sounds like what you're saying. Well, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I just sh- shoot people in games. I mean, I'd probably be going without playing a lot of games if I didn't play anything that's sh- with shooting in it. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> I feel that's, quite that's, limited. that's the space I'm in. I rarely play uh, violent video games these days. Yeah, I've yeah. sort of, you know, the funny thing is, you know, something that allows me to stand off and do a strategic war simulation or something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I play those. Yeah. Like, I, I don't have any trouble saying, hey, you company of 60 guys, go over there, kill that yeah. other company of 60 guys. But I don't want to play, you know, whatever very first person shooter. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I used to enjoy Call of Duty ages ago. I mean, who doesn't like killing Nazis? Um, and that's flip, but you know that's part of the appeal. I stopped playing that when they moved away from the Nazi thing. Um, yeah, see, I, I Call of Duty lost me as well when it went to very sort of much more recent kind of raw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, more, you know, more morally, are... more morally gray. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because th- there is no moral gray in that guy's wearing a swastika. Yeah, yeah. We're allowed to shoot him. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, z- zombies and na- uh, zombies and Nazis kind of are the two the two the two groups that you can pretty much shoot with impunity <laughs> <laughs> in all circumstances. <laughs> uh, demons, yes, I guess demons. Demons, doom. The, demons are kind of past other planets. Demons are- <laughs> Demons are kind of passe these days, though. It's, it's more Nazis and well, Nazis are sort of passe yeah. too. Sort of zombies know, are the where thing. Where are we yeah. in the game culture? Where oh, we've killed too many Nazis. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. We can't. We can't. We have them like go into space or something. <laughs> like you know, where I was going with that is even when I was playing Call of Duty, I could only play you know five or ten minutes at a time before I needed to stand down and sort of you know. Gaze at the white blank wall for a while. 
Well, we ended up we ended up losing a columnist one time mm-hmm. who you know gave up video games because of um, something that happened to him in Grand Theft Auto. He, he ended up flamethrowering a cop, and you know watching the guy and burn. Earned in his resignation. And, and he's like, "That's it. I can't play games anymore." Wow. You know. So I mean, it can happen. Do you remember yeah. who that was, Shella? No, was that Ken? That was Ken, your, yes. your original partner in columns. Yeah. He, he literally came into my office and said, I, I can't do this job anymore. Oh. Yeah. Because he killed a guy with a flamethrower. So, I don't know. It just, it can yeah. happen. It can happen. So, anyway, let me, let me now get, let me. Let me father let's, too. He probably needs the, the release. I wonder, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if he plays anymore. But, uh, Nate, so, um, so, Nate, okay, let, let so, Shella wrote this great column about games that don't have guns, and I think it's, I think there's a much better mix these days. Like I, I just wrote the um, the editorial that we recently ran um, while Shella was on vacation um, about how there was something for everyone in the game industry, and there really is these days. I mean, diversity is if you if you want a hardcore game with a lot of guns, you can find that easily. But you can also find a lot of other cool stuff. You know, you can find things like what like the like unfinished swan and like journey and and puzzle games and things like that you can find casual games if you're a mom with three kids and you've only got five minutes while the kids are asleep you can find something cool to play nate you find stuff to play at your kids karate class you play flow on the on on your i do i do i I love flow it's a math game well but there's but i'm saying there's something kind of there's something kind of pretty much for everyone i think It's, it's very diverse so with that thought in mind what do you think, uh, and I'll ask either one of you, um, what, what do you think the role of violence in, in games is, and do you think it's too high, and do you think we should do anything about it? And I'll, I'll start with you, Nate, because I know you've been itching to say something uh, about look, this. Look, I'm not, I'm not beating, you know, creating new ground for myself here when I find it dismaying how repetitively violent and pointlessly carnage-oriented most of the high-profile games are. I mean, sure, there's flow out there, and there are other similar little casual things like Farmville, but they don't get any of the ink. The big releases, the games people spend $100 million developing, are all the violent ones, the sexy ones, because that's what the boys are uh, are buying. Um, I mean, I do find it dismaying. Can we do anything about it? No, not in a free country. Um, can we uh, – Can does it have any impact? I, I think I agree with Sid Meier who, if you recall, at the first uh, Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences award show we went to, uh, you and I did, John, he came out and said, they say what we do doesn't have an impact on the people who play our games. That's wrong. If that was true, we wouldn't be making art. I make games so it, you know, has an impact on people, and we should think about the violence we're putting into video games. And I think we do, but I think most of the thinking about the violence we put in video games is if we make it more violent, more violent, it'll sell more, right? Hmm. Well, I mean, I've always thought Sid Meier was a little bit of a pacifist. He's, he's not himself. a little bit of a pacifist. He'll come right out and say he is a pacifist. But he's also said, he's also said when pressed, because I've pressed him before about violence, he's also admitted that if you have a game that doesn't have conflict, Hence violence. You don't have a very interesting game, so that he doesn't mind doesn't equal violence. No, but his point was you can put violence into a game if it helps to advance mm. the plot. 
I, I, I guess. Think, I, I think Shella has a good point there. Um, I'm going to dig into the history, a little game, one-on-one game history between John and I. For a while, we were playing Railroad Tycoon head-to-head online, mm-hmm. and John kept getting, you know, well, let's face it, John, I kept smoking your ass. Um, yeah, because I, know. I, know. I understood the inherent conflict in the competition, at least at first, better than you did. And that's conflict without me sending any of my bully boys over to beat up your conductors and stuff. And, and I think right. my main okay. problem isn't the violence per se, but how it is personalized. You know, like I said, it's not you're commanding vast armies in the Civil War and blah, blah, blah. It's you're picking up a gun and executing people personally. Well, we also used to play a lot of Age of Empires, which I did much better. Yeah, yeah, you were good at that. <laughs> Honor is satisfied. Um, I mean, that's that's. I mean, I, it, there is a difference between retail violence, where the player is out there actively killing things, killing people, even if they're virtual, um, and uh, uh, sort of you know violence in a in a greater context. I mean, Sid Meier is a pacifist. But warfare is an inherent part of any of the civilization games, mm-hmm. or in pirates, mm-hmm. and even in uh, what was the other one he did? Oh, covert action. Even right. though you could get a gun that just knocked out people. <laughs> the, the tranquilizer dart yeah, Uzi. Exactly. Yes, I remember. I mean, sort of the samurai. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, the tranquilizer dart Uzi. The reason why I don't work for Microprose and never did. You won't at this point. Well, no, not Microprose, but I could be working for Firaxis if my my friend hadn't assaulted Sid Meier at the job fair. Anyway, um, so so Shella, um, let's see. So so I mean, well, what do you what do you think, Shella? Do 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 because you do occasionally have controversies come up in the UK. I remember there was one a few years ago, I think you might have written about it, where there was a couple kids and they threw another kid off a bridge or something like that, and, and they said they did it because they were playing, I don't know, Grand Theft Auto or something like that, and, and there was a big call for getting rid of, of violence, violent games in England. So, I mean, I guess people there do think about it, even if it's not necessarily guns. So l- let me ask you, do you think that do you think that guns – I mean, do you think that violence in video games influences violence in real life, and should we do anything about it? Oh, yikes. <laughs> um, I really don't know. I mean, all I can – all I know is my own experience and my own experience of gamers that I know, um, and the no matter what types of games – they play it doesn't seem to in my experience affect their personality or their um desire to go out and kill or harm or maim people in the real world um but there's always exceptions to that rule i suppose it could be um there could be uh claims that uh, violence in video games could exacerbate uh, a sort of a mental imbalance and some sort of, um, you know, um, some sort of violent urges that people have. I don't know to act that out. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a psychologist and I don't think psychologists have even managed to pin that down. <laughs> but I do agree with um, with Nate, even though I play the bullet storms or, you know, the halos and 
Yeah, I mean, my list of games that don't have guns. I mean, Limbo, Unfinished Swan, Journey, they all got a play time of maybe, what, a couple of hours or something. They're all DLCs. They're not the triple A's. None of them. Animal Crossing is a bit of a niche one. Um, Broken Mm -hmm. Sword is probably the biggest one of them all. Uh, That's a point and click. And it probably, if I played it through again, there probably is a gun in it somewhere. But, you know, it's not the be all (laughs) and end all of the game. But, you know, the, the the games that make the headlines that are splashed across the covers of what games magazines there are left <laughs> in the physical world, <laughs> um, you know, that get all, all the hits on websites when the trailer comes out are the ones, you know, with, I mean, really pornified violence. Um, it's, it is quite disturbing when you sit and you sit back and you look at what we're doing, it's quite disturbing because, you know, graphics are so good now. It's so realistic. Um, and it's just getting more and more graphic. You know, there's like jaws being splintered on the side of tables and, um, you know, it's really quite gross. And, sh- and you know, like I said in my column, if this was any other entertainment media you know films if all the big grossing films that's all they did was just like split heads open in newer bigger shinier ways people would be getting bored why don't why don't we get bored you know it's it's like you know there wouldn't be an oscars if all the big films were just you know another die hard because that's essentially what we make we make sort of arnie films over and over and over <laughs> again it's it's true i mean i don't mean to stomp on you but this has been my thesis in these podcasts for 10 years or however long we've done them yeah. we endlessly repeat ourselves yeah because that's how to make the most money yeah. With with very few efforts at creating a worthwhile, thoughtful, new sort of game paradigm. And it's it's also true what John said that the the DLC or the sort of um the Xbox Live element and the PSN element means that smaller companies that aren't spending hundreds of thousands of dollars making their games can make small, interesting games. And thank the maker for that. <laughs> it is nice. It is. It... <laughs> <laughs> no, but that does add to a lot of the diversity, and that does kind of round things out, which is really, which is really nice yeah, to see. I mean, I mean, I, I think Shell. I think you really one of the core reasons why you bought the PS3, uh, besides all the exclusive AAA titles that they're getting this yeah. year, um, right before they go to the PS4, apparently, um, was was the PlayStation Network and having access to all of that. And I, I think most of the time that you've spent with your PlayStation so far has been with those type of games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really, really wanted to play Journey, and <laughs> I wanted to play Nino Cooney, and yeah, I just didn't want another gun-toting space marine um and xbox has really dropped the ball i mean it's it's got a complete blind eye when it comes to anything a bit um off the beaten track um Mm. it's never come up with a journey or a limbo or an unfinished one and that's a shame 
and I think it's a, it's a downfall in in my opinion um, because Sony seems to support all those. Yeah. Good, and, good enough. And I think well, it could be because they're Japanese, um, so they just um, you know don't rely because you know that's not their their gaming history isn't the big gun toting testosterone fuel. It's all, it's all because Americans are afraid everybody else has weenies bigger than ours. <laughs> Sorry, it's a cheap shot, but you know, kidding on the square. Yeah. No, no, I, I get it. It's because yeah. you guys um, had the world bestriding culture empire. Yeah. And then when it was our turn, our whole sort of national mythos is like, but we can't have colonies. Colonies are bad. And we're like, but we wanted some. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did kind of want colonies, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, and then we get stuck with like Cuba and the Philippines. And then we're like, this sucks. We're giving them back. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't really colonies. They were protectorates. Yeah, and what do we have but... now? Samoa. Yeah, it's American we Samoa. Keep the, hey, that's where the rock. the Virgin Islands, so we have some place to go without a passport. <laughs> yeah, and Puerto Rico is going to become a state. They voted for it. If, if Congress I know, will I know. approve it, it's... I'll be I'll be astonished. I've been working on my fifty-one star flag plan. <laughs> no, really? Where's the fifty-first star? Yeah, go? you have to do three rows of seven, and then you have oh God, to do serious. five rows of six. So it's six, seven, six, seven, six, seven, six, six. <laughs> Wow. Okay. It's well, I've heard it some here of, first. Of, yeah. I'm so in as we speak. <laughs> Betsy Ross Woolley has the new flag yeah, design. That's awesome. You know <laughs> they'll have like a, a contest or something. Hey, you, you seem so prepared. Okay. <laughs> exactly. You want to get anywhere in this life? You got to see where the trends are going and get there first. <laughs> that's good. Well, get get that flag design going. Uh, then I'll, then I'll stitch a, uh, Well, I can't stitch an AK-47. That's a rusky thing. Uh, I'll have to put like an M16 or something in there, or maybe a Colt. <laughs> Good Crossed old Colt. Colt sure. I did a, a, a little brief story for somebody last week about a kid who got kicked out of school, a high school kid, because he uh, refused to change to move his shirt inside out somewhere in the States. I forget where, but it was a U.S. Marine Corps shirt. It, it was basically, you know, U.S. Marines and it had crossed M16s. And the, oh, yeah. and the That's teacher, logo, yeah, right? and the teacher bounced him out of class because of the gun ideology in classrooms. Mm-hmm. Now that that just really shows that, and this is me wandering into sociologists, how completely insane the American culture of violence and gun culture is, because we're <laughs> overreacting in every possible way. We're overreacting Apart from against the one guns. Where you own guns. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, we're overreacting in the fetishizing of gun ownership, yeah. and we're overreacting against the gun culture. Depends on yeah. who you catch, yeah. um, and and it's it's really it's cognitive dissonance. Dissonance. It would not be hard to develop a reasonable set of controls on guns. I mean, the easiest thing on earth. You have a right to a gun. It's in the Second Amendment. Fine. Not going to do anything about that. Probably shouldn't. Altering the Constitution's bad idea. On the other hand, if you abuse that right, say you use your right to possess a firearm to kill somebody or to knock over a liquor store, you lose that right for all time. People lose their right to vote through committing felonies. 
I don't see any reason that shouldn't apply as well. And if you own a gun and lose it and it gets used in a crime, you should lose your right for a certain amount of time too. put those two things in place and enforce them. You'll start seeing a turnaround. How about it, John? I mean, suppose somebody took one of your rifles and went and, you know, shot up a school. You'd feel terrible. I, I would, but if, but if like I was at the store and somebody broke into my house and stole my guns, it certainly wouldn't, I wouldn't be my fault. No, no, I agree. But then I think there's an inquiry due there for how you had protected them. I mean, did you have them in a, in a locked gun, uh, safe or what do you call it? Gun cabinet? Or did you have it sitting around on your nightstand? Hmm. Right, right. No, I see. I see. Well, uh, well, what about video games, though? Just so we can get to our final question. Should should we do anything about um, violent violent uh, guns? I mean, I, I think nothing will get done, but should we do anything? Uh, I'll, I'll let you go first this time, Shella. Um, should we do anything? Why do- not like, I don't know, restrict or, you know, tell people not to buy them. I don't know. What, anything. Violent games? What Violent games and games with guns in them, games yes. With guns with them. No, I mean, hopefully it's part of a growing process. And I, <laughs> I, I mean, hopefully we'll get, because I suppose for a long time, you know, graphics were all kind of pixely and you couldn't really tell what, you really tell what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, you're or just anything. shooting yeah. one square at another square and then that square <laughs> went red. Uh, it's you know i mean graphics are getting to a point where they're almost hyper realistic you know they're getting so good um and i suppose hyper realism will get boring eventually um just like photo realism did in art for a while and then we had impressionism so i'm hoping you know this will there'll be some sort of turnaround and but you know, you can't control it. People will like what they're going to like. I suppose it's maybe comes from the culture first, um, you know, feeds into what people then want to buy. I don't know. So, so no, I make, no, you make a good point. So, Nate, so I think what Shell is saying is, you know, there, it, there's no real – it's kind of silly to change video games if you don't first change your culture <laughs> that, that likes violence. I mean, would, do you think that that – would it be silly for us, Nate, to to try to like you know restrict violent gaming gun, guns and games at this no, point? No, look, this is bullshit. <laughs> You're exactly right, John, when you say that uh, this is a scapegoat. You know, the people who who do fetishize guns want to blame something else than the gun culture, and I can't blame them for that because if you blame the gun culture, suddenly you're going to have to reevaluate your political positions, and frankly, nobody likes to do that. It's much easier to say these crazy gamers are the culture, are the problem. <laughs> and, I mean, we've seen that in video games. We saw that in role-playing games going back, you know, 40 years. Comic books, yeah, too. all that, that stuff, because it's easy to pick on, and kids don't get to vote. Um, <laughs> so do I think that the violence that is an inherent part of video game culture is a good thing? No, of course not. But I also think it's more symptom than cause of mm-hmm. the, the inherent violence in American culture. Would I think it would be a good idea to tone it down? Yeah, probably. I prefer kids stop working on these Twitch games, which is what these shooters are at this point, and start working on, you know, games that expand their minds and their thought processes. At the same time, there ain't no way that's ever going to happen. 
you'd need a constitutional amendment just to do that. I mean, suppose we went to Rockstar and said, yeah, that Grand Theft Auto, no, it's about cleaning erasers now. <laughs> See, it just, it just but wouldn't it doesn't, that, But that in, implies that without guns and violence that games become boring and, you know, it, it, it's like... Yeah. And I, don't I mean, I suppose that. that's their perception, but we, we mustn't <laughs> be in that perception that, you, you know, now it's about, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a, a, about um, he, he, man struggle against nature instead of killing people on the street and stealing cars. You know, that's <laughs> <laughs> See, man struggle against nature would be awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there are great themes that we just don't cover in games that have been covered in literature <laughs> and art and cinema for generations, and we just ignore them all. And, in fact, we barely even have themes. <laughs> That's true. Katrina, the video game. <laughs> Honestly, there'd probably be a game there. No, I, I, think, I think so. It'd be kind of neat. But... um. Well, great. Well, guys, thank thank you so much for coming into the lounge today. I know this was a, a serious topic, and and you know my hats off to both of you. I think you both made some really good points and 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 covered it admirably. Um, I think you're both right. Uh, I think that you know in in a perfect world maybe the violence would get toned down a little bit, but you know it's it's not going to happen. But it's not the cause of the violence. It's more a symptom of the culture, you know. And so trying to change it from the video game standpoint would be sort of doing things backwards and i don't think would change anything yeah. so it'd be like it'd be like treating you know but you blowing your nose but you still have the sniffles you know it doesn't cure your cold i what? guess and i think shella has a point too that uh, i think it you know maybe eventually we'll start to pass and and something else will become popular well, i mean you know? these things happen i mean I, I, i'm not trying to make light of it but positions do evolve yeah. Again, 40 years ago, you know who was one of the foremost advocate of gun control and the limitation of uh, of the availability of high-powered rifles to the public at large? The uh, National Rifle Association. Oh, really? But they got combative huh. in the in the 80s, give or take. And mm. uh, suddenly their position became all guns all the time. All guns are good. Everybody should have one. We should give them to kids in junior high. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess I guess I guess things do change. So, um and you know, in in a sense uh the video game video games will will evolve, I guess. So, well, anyway, thank you thank you both. I really appreciate you being here. It's it's a serious topic and, you know, it's 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 a hard one to cover and I'm glad that we were able to do it so eloquently because we have all uh, all smart people in the lounge this week. Um, let us know, all you listeners out there, what you think about the uh, the the gun culture, maybe, may, or you know, games and guns. Did, you know, tell uh, us. Did that... did he just call us smart, Chella? I think so. I do. I'm actually very impressed with my guests this week. We've got so him I snowed. It. I appreciate you being there. You always smart compared to me. <laughs> you all talk about smart things. <laughs> Um, okay, let's see, you we're can also have Hargosh on, on next time. <laughs> we're also on Facebook. I, you know, Hargosh is surprisingly anti-violent. You know, really, really, really he is. Really, he, really is. he really is. Given that he's, he's hardcore. Angry. Angry. He, he's hardcore, but he's very, he's a, he's a very thoughtful, angry young man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let, 
We're on Facebook at Facebook slash Game Industry. We're on Google Plus, which you can get to by going to GameIndustry.com and clicking on the Google Plus button. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Gin Lounge, and you can email us uh, at um, Gin Lounge at GameIndustry.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you to my panelists uh, again, and um, hopefully uh, we will see you all next time right here at GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week.